0: The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the views of the Global Liberty Alliance, its network, sponsors, donors, or broadcast platforms. The Global Liberty Alliance provides this podcast for informational purposes. Freedom of speech is a fundamental right and essential for free societies to prosper. Thank you for listening and supporting the mission of the Global Liberty Alliance. Dedicated to strengthening and defending fundamental individual rights, free markets, and the rule of law.
1: And hello again. This is Jason Poblatt with the Global Liberty Alliance coming to you as we usually do from Old Town, Alexandria, Virginia. We're right across the river from Washington, D.C., so we, we like to keep some separation between ourselves and the, uh, and the seat of our federal government, and joining us today for uh, another appearance with us is Betty Marroquin from Guatemala. Betty, how are you doing?
0: Hello, Jason. Good morning. Thanks again for inviting me back.
1: Well, we're always glad to have you. I mean, we learn a lot from you, not only about Guatemala, but also about what's happening in the Northern Triangle and in Central America, issues that impact us right here, ladies and gentlemen. If we want to uh, seriously combat illegal immigration, for example, or crack down on border security issues, or deal with all sorts of problems we have um, all over in our country, some of it stems from what happened in Central America, but also the good stuff, trade, business, Uh, Working with our partners in Guatemala and other countries in the region, stimulating business, expanding the liberty agenda is very important. And there's many liberty warriors in the region. Among them, of course, are Betty and her team of folks in Guatemala, not just in Guatemala City, but all over the country. And there's a lot happening down there. Just this week, there were these mass protests that we're going to talk about uh, with Betty, but also some other issues Er earlier this year. The Biden administration sanctioned uh, several high-profile Guatemalan nationals under several sanctioned programs, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we do any of that, Betty, how are you doing? How are things down there during the pandemic, and and is, is it as bad as the media says it is? Because if you look at the press, Guatemala's falling apart, but I know the truth, and we know it's not, and there's a lot of good people Building and that great country. What what's, what's happening there for people who don't follow Guatemala every day in the U.S. press or any press for that matter?
0: Okay, thank you, Jason. Well, I'll start with the with the last point. Uh, the media keeps uh, portraying a picture of my country that is completely wrong. Um, I, for instance, live in uh, in outside the city in Antigua, and I shop in the market. And I've shopped in the market during the entire uh, I call it plandemia, and um, basically tons of people have gotten sick, yes, including in my own family, yes, including my 91-year-old mother, yes, and also 90-something-year-old aunt, yes, but we have all come out of this, and um, basically in a country with 17 million people, above 17 million people, some think we're reaching 18 million, we've had a little over ten thousand deaths. So, what does that tell you? In a year and a half of this "quote-unquote" pandemia, to have less than zero point zero zero one percent of the population uh, dead, it means something. Recovered a ton.
1: Yeah, you know, never, you never, you never, you never hear that number, Betty, and. Uh... Congrats to your aunt and to your, you know, your, the the octogenarians and the almost centenarians in your family. Who, I suspect, I probably shouldn't ask this question, but have they, do, mm-hmm. do they, have they been combating it naturally? Is that how they beat the pandemic?
0: Well, we we have boosted immune system, and we have a diet in Guatemala. and The majority of the population, even though we do have a, a hunger problem a malnutrition problem, not hunger, malnutrition problem. Um, People here consume uh, lemon daily. That's part of our natural way of living. That's right. Um, So our vitamin C is high. um, And then the government said that we needed to take um, vitamins and things like that. And there was a lot of information coming from a a Salvadorian doctor whom, in my point of view, should get the the Nobel uh prize for for medicine because she has saved over 50,000 people remote control um she's an infectologist and and i think she's brilliant and she helped my mom and my aunt and what's her and, name again um doctora barrientos
1: oh that's right that's right yeah you you have talked to me about her before
0: and yes. the the world health organization um fought her, fought against her, and so did at the beginning the salvadorian government and whatnot because they would they refused to understand that her recommendations were actually working and she helped uh like i said she helped my family my ninety one year old mom uh, had a pneumonia and she was on oxygen at our house my aunt's uh two of my aunts ninety three and and my mom's twin who's ninety one uh, also uh got sick my aunt uh in honduras the ninety three year old barely had anything she had like a she didn't even have symptoms um, so that tells you that the fighting the immune system is important and the other element jason that i've concluded after seeing all of my relatives and a bunch of friends and the fact that I took care of them and i i you don't i don't use the mask unless i'm forced to. And, um, and I slept with my mom on the same bed, and I carried my aunt when she fell. And we're talking about very uh, 24-7 contact. Um, and I never got sick.
1: Well, you, never. Know, so it, it, you know, I, um, one of the fascinating things about Guatemala and the vaccination issue, which I believe has been weaponized against not only the American people, but against the people of Central and South America is that Guatemala technically has one of the lowest mm-hmm. vaccination rates. But as Betty's telling us, and this is not something where well, she can track all of this. It also has mm-hmm. one of the higher survival rates in the region. So you, you, you can't say it's just because of the vaccine. Well, I think what Betty's trying to share with folks is that let families make decisions on their own based on what's best for them. They'll listen. We'll listen to everybody but we're going, mm-hmm. to make, we're going to make decisions on our own. Is, is that yeah. how the Guatemalan people see this?
0: Yes, we see it with two elements, boosting immune system and being fearless. Why, do you, think, why,
1: why do you think nobody wants to talk about, because over here in the States, by the way, not even on Fox News, will you hear a doctor, all these paid doctors, I don't even know how these doctors practice medicine. They're always on TV all the time. Um, how they're always telling us, everything about the vaccine is great. They never, if ever, talk about natural immunity. They never talk about the survivors. It's this fear campaign of trying. It's a matter trying... of logic. Mm. Is that how it's you logic. see it?
0: Yes, Log- it's logic. Yeah. Who, who are the main sponsors of everything that doctors read? Pharmaceutical companies. Who are the sponsors of every se- doctor, medical seminar and, in the planet? Pharmaceutical companies. Who are behind all these vaccines? Pharmaceutical companies. Who are the ones telling us we need a third vaccine? Pharmaceutical companies. It's very simple. It's plain logic. It's in their best interest. And on top of it, for the first time in our history, in the history of humanity, we cannot sue them if something goes wrong. What does uh that tell you?
1: Yeah, that's a big mistake. And hopefully when they the CDC approves these therapeutics, uh, Mm -hmm. these what they're calling vaccines or tools that people can choose freely, uh, they will have the option to sue Mm -hmm. uh, for any harm that comes from uh, those therapeutics. Uh, You know, the rule of law, having access to the court, you know, a lot of folks when we talk about rule of law, by the way, we're talking about consent of the government, right? You got to have consent of the government, have rule of law. If not, if not, you don't have rule of law. So when you take away the right of a taxpayer to sue somebody who did them harm, that's not rule of law. That's bordering on tyranny in most cases. So I'm glad the Guatemalan people are pushing back and President uh, uh, Giamatti, uh which you're Giamatti. gonna tell- Jamate, sorry, you're gonna, you're gonna tell us a little bit about what he's done because mm-hmm. he's faced backlash. And I mean, they've come mm-hmm. after him hard Mm-hmm. and supposedly there was supposed to be these big street protests and people were uh-huh. going to come out there and demand that he resign. And well, guess what happened? The opposite happened. Betty, was it just yeah. because of vaccines or was it because of a lot of other things?
0: Well, let me tell you, in the first place, I will not defend President Jamate. He's made several mistakes. And just to close the, 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 the pandemic issue, we're fine because the Guatemalan people are resilient because we are not afraid of anything and because we use our logic. So the government has made several mistakes, but uh, recently we have vaccines and whoever wants to get vaccinated gets vaccinated and that's it. You know, including my mom, she wanted to get vaccinated. She went and got it.
1: Got it. it.
0: However, when it comes to the rest of the issues, I think this administration, the current Guatemalan administration, first of all, has a very bad communication system. They do not know how to communicate with the Guatemalan people. Our Minister of Health is a mess, and she, ha- she was the excuse. And her uh, handling of the, of the so-called pandemia was the excuse to attack uh, President Jamate uh, and request um, his uh, deposition, his resignation. Um, Ivan Velasquez, Tel Maldana, all the high level government officials in the US, from Gonzalez to Zuniga, to the Secretary of State, to the head of USAID in Guatemala, and the USAID, head of USAID in the States, uh, Norma Torres, Ciro Rodriguez, came out and asked um, the Guatemalan people to go to the streets. They, they were supporting the Guatemalan people to claim, um, there to defend their rights quote unquote, and ask uh president Jamate to uh, leave office to resign well,
1: let's let's backtrack a minute because a lot of people who are listening to this won't she Betty has said a lot here so i want folks to understand uh what she's getting at and one of the reasons why by the way Betty i like um big picture why Jamate got my italian all tongue tied earlier um mm-hmm. is you know he he's, he's uh, he seems to be someone who is a proud Guatemalan and he may have a communications issue. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I do know he was never a fan of doing stuff with CISIG, for example. And, he was and, a and
0: victim of CISIG.
1: He was a what?
0: A victim of CISIG. A victim, was,
1: right. And, and, yes. and, for, and for our people, for people listening to this who don't know what CISIG was, this was this United Nations imposed socialist experiment that was cloaked in the veil of rule of law, but it was nothing like that. It was an attack on Guatemalan sovereignty to try and tell lawyers and judges how to do their job it's like imagine the example we use for people here in the states who don't know this issue is imagine if a the united nations put an organization here in virginia to tell the virginia bar and virginia judges and the virginia supreme court how to do their job there would be a rebellion i mean we would us lawyers here in virginia would never allow something like that Uh, we're not going to get into seasick today too much but the guatemalan people have successfully for the most part gotten rid of it but it's caused a lot of damage so president uh Giammattei has uh been able to push back but he's paying a high price for that so what betty's talking about uh, these protests these people who are asking frankly folks on the left to go to the streets take advantage by the way of poor people lie to them tell them to do things that are not true uh and create this campaign against conservatives is very real. And my friends, it's constant. People like Betty have to be on constant guard. If you think things are tough here in the United States, what Betty and her fellow Liberty Warriors have to go through is pretty intense. And one of the big issues, of course, has been this obsession with anti-corruption, all mm-hmm. right? Everything is corrupt. So if you if if you ever wanna cause problems in Latin America, uh, American people, uh, policymakers, some of them, not everybody, but uh, here on K Street and think tanks, and they make a living off accusing everybody in Latin America of being corrupt so they can get programs and big money so they can go create problems in Latin America and pretend to fix them. But sometimes some of these programs are good, uh, sometimes they're not so good. And CSIG and some of the NGOs that got involved with this were not good. And people like President Giamatti and Betty and some other liberty warriors down there, uh, they have paid a high price for that. But the protests So, so I just want to give the context, Betty, so people know over here what we're talking about. So what do you think gave rise to this latest round of protests? Was this just part of the usual anti-corruption boogeyman?
0: Well, yes, but here's the funny thing, Jason. President Giamatti has been working to strengthen, and these are the pluses that he's done. He has work, worked worked. To strengthen institutions, which is what we need. You see, any country that has rule of law must have strong institutions based on rules and regulations that make sense and that are applied objectively by the individuals who are momentarily on the position of power to apply them.
1: And by, and and of course, consent of the governed to do what they're doing.
0: Exactly. Right. You see. Uh, individuals in Guatemala, we believe, individuals do not incarnate an institution. So, what what triggered the whole the whole protest thing was a combination between the vaccines issue, which on the same week when the protest started was shot was basically uh, annulled because a ton of vaccines, millions of vaccines, came from the U.S., from Europe, from various uh, countries that donated, and also because the government bought a bunch of vaccines. Uh, there was an issue with Russian vaccines that were not coming in quickly. Uh, apparently the Russians are not too quick in delivering, but it was not just Guate, it was various countries. And in the end, the Russian government returned half of the money that was paid and said, we're going to send the other, the, 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 the corresponding amount of vaccines for the other half of the money that you paid us. So, The money, the president finally understood that he needs to give explanations because he doesn't like to explain very much. He's not the kind of man that likes to give explanations, but he did. The money is in the bank, in the Guatemalan bank, Banco de Guatemala, which is the official governmental uh, bank entity. So then they took the rioters and the left took the issue of of um, Juan Francisco Sandoval who was leading a uh, uh, fiscalía against impunity uh, the, Fis- the fiscalía against impunity was created by CISIG inside the public ministry and by um, its regulations it's under the command of the uh, attorney general who is doctora María Consuelo Porras okay she for the longest time, allowed Sandoval to do whatever he wanted. He broke uh, rule of law. He broke uh, all principles of any democratic uh, country that has uh, Republican principles and a constitution. He stepped all over our laws. He incarcerated people without proof. He, He has people that have died in preventive custody. And it's his fault they're dead. he denied them along with his friends, his judges friends that are that have all been praised in Washington by the way um they denied people um health, medical medical care. They have done that, so their abuses came to a point, and on top of it, he started um attacking the attorney general, his boss directly everywhere, on social media, on, on interviews, everywhere. So this lady finally got fed up. And I think the issue that basically uh, toppled it all was when this man who came out first on the Engels' list with sanctions and whose the Magninsky has been applied to him, his name is Gustavo Alejos, he uh, He was free. All of a sudden, he comes out of jail and we're all looking at each other like what he should
1: let me me, let's backtrack a minute. Uh, We're going to get to sanctions. So you're telling me that an instrument that was imposed on the Guatemalan people is still being used. In the in the legal mechanism of your country right now,
0: well, in in a nutshell, Jason, CC imposed lawfare in Guatemala, and that's what we're fighting against. That's what the attorney general is fighting. That's what the constitutional court is fighting. That's what the the magistrates in the judiciary are fighting. And that's what President Amadei is fighting. And also Congress. We we don't want lawfare. We see what's happening in Washington. We don't want that to happen
1: here. You know, that term lawfare has been... As a lawyer, as a practicing lawyer, as somebody who actually tries cases and uh, does a lot of work on the human rights front also, but who've actually I've actually practiced I, I just don't sit at an NGO in New York and pretend to be a lawyer, I find that term lawfare uh, offensive, and it it's quite telling frankly of what it is because a law is not supposed to be a war you know it's not supposed to be um, let's just say you don't. you shouldn't use law to go after people the way people who claim to do law. And by the way, they brag about this thing.
0: Yes, the politicization uh, of justice. It is but the politicization again- of
1: justice. And an interesting thing, because we're talking about a lot about rule of law, and I, just, I have to repeat this over and over again. Rule of law requires consent of the governed, as Betty said, with institutions that develop those laws by representatives that rule, but with the consent of the governed. If not, it is rule by law, not rule of law. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of countries like Cuba have rule um, rule by law. They got a lot of laws in Cuba, just like East Germany, the Stasi, the communists. All of them had laws, but it was weaponized. They would use the law to perpetuate the myth, the leadership, the party structure. What we're talking about, what Betty's fighting for, what her Liberty Warriors are trying to do, is continue to keep that beautiful country free, their constitution as their guiding. Uh, organizing document and their institutions alive and thriving and not constantly being torn down by NGOs and uh, United Nations and even the OAS, which the OAS has a duty. Uh, It's supposed to be uh, one of the protectors of these uh, principles, but they're not. They're constantly doing violence to it. And then Betty brings up sanctions. And Betty and I talk a lot about sanctions. I've dedicated a large chunk of my career to uh, working on sanction sanctions issues. And I believe they can be an effective tool, by the way, for U.S. policy. Uh, but it's a tool, not a policy. But in Guatemala, we seem to have been sanctioning a lot of people lately, at least more than usual. I know beginning of the year, the Biden administration sanctioned, like she said, Gustavo Alejos, Felipe Alejos, uh, some other people, some really bad things were said about them and some other folks. Uh, listen, if you break the law, if you engage in impunity, Access to the U.S. markets are privileged. It's not a right. You're not welcomed here. But if we're going to go off and target people, we have to make sure we're targeting the right people. And I don't know, Felipe, I don't know any of those people. But I'm just saying that what is this part of the policy? Why are we all of a sudden using Global Magnitsky uh, to sanction one group of people? Let me ask you something, Betty. Are these, do any of these people that we've recently sanctioned in Guatemala happen to be of a conservative persuasion?
0: Felipe Alejos is
1: okay. So how many? And, the, and,
0: federal, how, and let me tell you, Jason. We've heard there's a new one coming out these days mm-hmm. with fifty people for the north for what they what Washington calls the Northern Triangle. Right, which I right. would love to talk about that if you give me a minute later on um, about the Northern Triangle itself per se. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're, yeah but, we're gonna we're we're gonna get into that. So so hold that thought. So have any liberals or concert or any leftists or progressives been sanctioned?
0: Only former president, Álvaro Colón.
1: So would you say the majority of U.S. sanctions on Guatemalan nationals or anyone in the Northern Triangle, which you will talk about now, are mostly conservatives?
0: Yes, to the point that in the second list, um, Ricardo Mendes Ruiz, um, Raúl uh, Falla, were sanctioned, and the two of them have never handled uh, public money. They are the the leading fighters in the courts against all the abuses from CICIG and its cronies that are still operating here. They defend human rights of people that have been um, uh, unfairly incarcerated, that are in eternal preventive custody and that's why they're hated by uh, by the leftists, because they have, um, following the law, they have used the law against those that are manipulating the law for political reasons. So they were mentioned in the list. And then there's another, Moises Galindo, who was part of, uh, of uh, their group. Moises Galindo was incarcerated for the same reason, He's sick. He's a sick man. He got sick in preventive custody. He's still sick in preventive custody. He hasn't done anything in five. In I think it's like four, three or four years that he's been in preventive custody. Why is this being applied to him when he can't do anything outside the jail? You see what I mean?
1: One of the things that I and I was critical of. I've been critical of Republicans and Democrats equally on this issue and mm-hmm. and when it comes to using our sanction laws in a political way and i'm not saying that's what's happened now but if you look at the people who have been sanctioned lately in latin america it happens to only be conservative i mean excuse me a conservatives, people who maybe have even expressed uh negative views against u.s or u.s policy or u.s politicians and mm-hmm. it worries me because For sanctions to be effective, many things are needed, not the least of which is as much impartiality as possible and a policy to back it up. And I hope that we're not engaging in indiscriminate sanctioning of people just for the heck of it uh, and to generate talking points and tweets and congressional hearings or uh, uh, policy reports out of the State Department that demonize people who should not be demonized. Now, again, I'm not, I don't know these people and maybe mm-hmm. they should be sanctioned, but I hope they're being done in a way that advances a policy, a serious policy, because it's not just sanctions uh, on the globe. Magnitsky, there's a new law, you know, the Engel law. There's a few things now that are going to be kicking into place. Mm-hmm. And, there's, and, and let me tell you folks, when you get sanctioned by the treasury department, uh, it's not a, it's not a pleasant place to be. You're, you're blocked out of the U S your assets mm-hmm. are frozen. If you have any, uh, Uh, There are sanctions that take your visas away. You suffer back in your home country, reputation loss. It's a lot of things. So it's not a pinprick. This can be devastating for people who are sanctioned. And maybe, you know, I know people who should be sanctioned. And I've defended people who shouldn't be sanctioned. Uh, But you have to follow some due process. You have to follow some modicum of rule of law. And I hope, Betty, what you're telling me is not a not true i really hope we're not engaging in indiscriminate sanctioning because that would be in the long term very bad for us policy in the region
0: well if i, if I may jason um, that's exactly what is happening and the us right now like i was saying it's coming out with 50 people that are they're going to sanction in the in the so called northern triangle the us has lost el salvador el salvador now belongs to china honduras is being courted by the Chinese and the Russians. Honduras is no longer a puppet of anyone overseas. And Honduras is also uh, doing its own thing, right or wrong, but they're doing their own thing by Hondurans. So the US has lost its pool on Honduras. That means the only one left of the so-called Northern Triangle was Guatemala. And with everything they're doing, they're losing us. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris came and uh, as soon after, right after she came, uh, her unfortunate visit here, um, USAID uh, in, announced a huge amount of money that was going to be pledged for NGOs uh, to promote abortion and uh, gender equality, all the progressive agenda. Our constitution prohibits that. It is basically so USAID is incurring in things that are against our own constitution. And our, the majority of the population in Guatemala, you see, we're not killing trans and we're not, we don't care what an individual does with his or her adult person. It's, it's their individual freedom. If they think they are a cow or if they think they're a plant or whatever, that's their problem. It's an is there individual choice. Let me ask you something.
1: Not- Let me ask something about that. About uh, President, Vice President Harris's visit and also about the Northern Triangle. When Betty talks about the Northern Triangle, she's talking about a grouping of countries in Central America. Very important to us because we spend a lot of time in this country talking about illegal immigration and drug smuggling and all sorts of horrible things, which I think we focus on too much. I think there's many positive things we can say about the Northern Triangle, but we don't because it's easier to say bad news because bad news sells. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, but it's important, folks, what's happening in that region because we work with our partners. We help those countries prosper and grow. People don't want to leave. People won't leave. So I think it's important that we talk about these issues all the time. We don't we don't focus on them enough. You mentioned El Salvador and then we'll get to Kamala Harrison and Vice President Harrison in a minute. What can you tell us about this fellow president Bukalele? I, you know, I, I've always thought of him as kind of a I've never been, he's kind of a policy chameleon, political chameleon. And he comes over here, he says one thing. Um, you know, now I'm Bitcoin, for example. I'm a big supporter of Bitcoin. I'm I leave it, don't regulate it. I think that cryptocurrencies has to be hands-off. He goes off and he makes this announcement that he's going to accept it as legal tender in his mm-hmm. country, which I think that's positive. On the other hand, he is also playing this weird little game with China, and as I understand it, he keeps giving them giving them the welcome mat. So I don't trust this guy. I don't I don't believe half the stuff he says. He also has done a few things, like undermine rule of law, done a lot of undemocratic things, and folks seem to give him a free pass. What you know? What can you tell us, our listeners about President Nayib Bukele in El Salvador?
0: Well, Naive Bukele, let me tell you, Jason, is a very intelligent man, young man. The population rates in his country, the the popularity rates in his country are humongously on his favor. He has used Chinese money to better education to the point that he has given computers to teachers and uh, seminars and whatnot. He's paid for a lot of things to help them. He's done a lot to, to improve education. He's done a lot to improve health. He built a tremendous hospital in, in San Salvador and vaccinations, Chinese vaccines were free and everybody got vaccinated in El Salvador. And so people were happy. His handling of the pand- of the pandemic has been pretty good. Um, But he has he has opened the country for um, for China to come in and basically give them money for infrastructure, give them money for uh, ports, give them money for everything.
1: So he's so he's doing the whole uh, Belt and Road Initiative in El Salvador.
0: Everything he's doing, uh, he's doing, you name it, he's doing it in El Salvador. And he has told the Salvadorian people that the world is bigger than the U.S. That that the U.S. is not the only friend, and when they when the Salvadorians, who are very patriotic people, they're very proud people, when they see that the U.S. is attacking uh, their country, they feel attacked. They support. They stand behind their president. Do you,
1: do you think Tucker Carlson did a good job? I mean, I'm a big fan of Tucker Carlson. I watch his show almost every single night. I think
0: ninety
1: five percent of what he says is on point. But when mm-hmm. he when he interviewed uh, Bukelele, Bukele, yeah, I can never get this guy's name right. Sorry. It's, <laughs> yeah, I, I I I confuse it with ukulele, which is an instrument, but we'll talk about this. It's another issue altogether. But uh-huh. he, he interviews this guy and he seems to say all the right things to Tucker Carlson. But he didn't tell Tucker Carlson anything about the Chinese or about the, the world. You know, if you're going to be in the Western Hemisphere, a leader in the Western Hemisphere, And you're committed to working to build a prosperous and free hemisphere, uh, one that respects the democratic charters of the OAS and other things that we have worked together to build. Uh, China's not a friend. China's an adversary. And if he was saying that America, yeah, it is true. Yeah, the world's bigger than just our country. But guess what, buddy? If if you're saying that because you think the Chinese are better, you want their money, uh, in my book, you're selling out. And I don't care how good you sound, you're lying to your people and people like that guess what they become dictators if you don't keep an eye on them because fidel castro was very popular with the people at the beginning and mm-hmm. then he and then he got a taste of power and and look at what happened i don't care if you're right wing left wing dictators are all bad every single one of them and and this guy in, in my book has the you know he he has a little edge that if we're not careful he can become a little dictator
0: well that's what we think as as well here the only element that I would I must say, uh, from our perspective, when China, for instance, or even Russia, comes and offers money to build infrastructure, or build a hospital, or help with uh, computers or whatever, they never put conditions on our countries. So, in our from our perspective, we'd rather have that than someone that comes and tells us, "You're gonna have money." But the money, you have to use it to promote abortion and promote um, the, the, all the gender equality and constitutional reforms for that and change the essence so, of our culture.
1: So basically, when you, you say that when the Russians and then we'll, and then we'll get to uh, Vice President Harris's visit and those 50, those 50 people that you think are going to get sanctioned. But so you say so when the Russians and the Chinese or other countries. Do their foreign aid programs. You say it comes without conditions, but that's isn't that don't they think that's like I think they're they're trying to bribe people when they do that, because at least when you have a contract and you have conditions in place, you know what to expect. Nobody gives away computers for free.
0: No, no, No don't get me wrong. Conditions exist, but they're not conditions that attempt against the Salvadorian culture.
1: Oh, I get it. I get what you're saying. All right. So you're saying, so when we give, so when America gives foreign aid, sometimes it, it comes with conditions about abortion?
0: Yes. And it's to promote, basically everything is focused on that here.
1: U.S. foreign aid programs to Guatemala yes, focus on abortion?
0: The majority.
1: Interesting. Interesting
0: and 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 here's the thing that's why they got so angry in washington when when the um, accountability for ngos uh laws was was approved
1: yeah tell tell and, tell tell, um, tell listeners about that law a lot of folks don't know what you're talking about
0: well the guatemalan people we asked for um congress and the president to uh impose an accountability uh law for and transparency law for NGOs, because we don't believe anyone should not be transparent. So, basic, so NGO, basically,
1: so basically, uh-huh. if the Global Liberty Alliance worked in Guatemala, it would require a disclosure that we work there, and if anybody gets paid from them, they would have to uh-huh. disclose that. Exactly. Well, that sounds like a good law. So what happened?
0: Well, that the the leftists uh, Helen Mack and and all of them. Uh, uh, you know the State Department and and various people and the embassy. I don't understand why the State Department, but you know they did. They fought against it and against this law, and they said that uh, NGOs should not be disclosing anything about. And we know here that NGOs are receiving money to pay for demonstrations and and raise havoc and and um, and instability. And proof of it yesterday in my page Betty Marroquin on Facebook. There's a video from a a guy during a demonstration in the in the rural areas that said, oh, we've been here from 10 something and it was already two something in the afternoon. But we're going to go because the money didn't came for us to eat and and be here. So if the money doesn't come, we're going to go and we're just going to go. Well,
1: let me ask you something, because in our country, Betty, we have this law called the Foreign Agent Registration Act
0: which uh-huh. is a lot, a
1: law. Yeah, it was a FARA enacted by Congress and signed by the president in 1938. Uh, that requires anybody who's involved, you know, any foreign interests that are engaging in political or quasi-political activities in America to register. So uh-huh. it's not exactly uh, an NGO disclosure law, which, by the way, we need that here in our country. Uh, and we have it. We have, We have a lot of disclosure, although there are some shadow organizations and Uh, things that uh, do not get disclosed, what the funding sources are. But there is a a lot more transparency. So what's the big deal? You know, we, we do this here. Why can't we do that in Guatemala? Why can't the Guatemalan people take control of who is putting money into their political system to influence the legal and political process in that country?
0: Exactly. And let me tell you, Jason, none of the conservative NGOs protested it. They all said, fine, we don't have a problem disclosing everything.
1: Wow, that's 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 we have to do another show on that. So, <laughs> we, 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 it's, that's that's just amazing. So we'll we'll get back to that one in another show. Let's let's pick up with uh, Vice President Harris's uh, visit. Let, tell us a little bit about how that went, and then we'll get into the the sanctions issue again that you're hearing that more Guatemalans will get sanctions. So how was uh, Coma- uh, Vice President Harris's trip to uh, to Guatemala, and did anything long term come of it? You think will come well, of it? We-
0: we received her with a bunch of signs that I think uh, were uh, shown in most media everywhere. Even Al Jazeera covered us. I was standing there as well. Um, so basically, what we said to her when we received her with our with our with our signs was that um, we want sovereignty, we want rule of law, we don't want the U.S. interfering in our affairs anymore. Um, we want to fix our own problem and clean our own house. In a nutshell. Oh, and we're a we're a pro-life country, which, by the way, is is pretty hilarious because uh, she came and she she um, very carefully uh, talked about a little bit about that. And what happened last Sunday was that President Jamate declared Guatemala a pro officially a pro-life and pro-family country, mm. and. He, he's been praised by several politicians from all, the, all over the hemisphere, thanking him for taking the lead to protect uh, the sanctity of life from conception, as our Constitution mandates.
1: That's right, folks. And you heard that right. The Guatemalan Constitution protects life from conception until natural death. Is that correct?
0: Correct. Okay. That's it. So... Basically, her visit here, I think, was a failure because we know she met with uh, Vice President Castillo, who is, a, who, is, who is a leftist, and met with our ombudsman, who is a criminal, and met with Juan Francisco Sandoval as well. And apparently, one of the reasons why they met was to talk about President uh, in in office, I mean, to talk about him. And if that is true, if what we've heard here is true, that would be really sad, Jason, because mm. we don't believe the vice president uh, should have done such a thing. Um, on one hand, on the other hand, we have uh, the the vaccinations, the vaccines that came. That it was the only good thing that came out of that visit, because she said she would give vaccines, and and they, you know, they were given to Guatemala. It's true, they came. So um, on behalf of the Guatemalans that want to get vaccinated, thank you. Um, but but it's, there was nothing substantive that came out from that visit. I'm sorry to say it, but nothing came out. Then she said she was here to fight illegal, illegal migration. Jason, corruption has existed in mankind since its origins. That's right. Any history book will show and this is not this is not to say that corruption is okay. Corruption is a cancer, but it has existed since mankind exists. Simple as that. And we've had corruption in Guatemala forever. But we well, we have, have we, we have corruption we,
1: we have corruption right here in America. So it's, oh, we
0: know. Believe I me, mean, we're very sad to see the the, the, the U.S. fall down. But anyway. Well, um, it's
1: it's it's what I call the the latest boogeyman for, uh, I guess, frustrated, sec, you know, people who who were frustrated secretaries of state and and NGOs and people who just want to be telling people what to do. I call it the new colonialism. All right, it's yeah. the new it, it's the it's it's colonialism through NGOs through international meddling systems rather than working as partners to do good in, our, in, in, in the world. We're constantly going out there to do stuff, telling people what to do when we have no business doing it. And this, this visit by the vice president sounds to me that was just more of the same, point the finger, say ugly things, mm-hmm. and then you know, leave. Okay, that's very yeah. good. I mean, so, so what's next? I mean, Guatemala no. is a lot more than corruption, people. It's, it's no, fact, that, that's the least important thing right now in, in Guatemala, frankly.
0: Yeah, the most celebrated thing that we we really had. She gave us a good laugh with that because we remember her and President Biden asking uh, migrants to come to the U.S. We will have open borders, and then <laughs> we remember President Biden saying, "Oh, we're gonna give you two thousand dollars or or twelve hundred dollars or something like that when you come in." Uh, every migrant would have it so that you can have a fresh start to build your American dream. People heard that here. Yeah. You know they hear, they heard it loud and clear, all the media said it. All the media, every single one of them, replicated it. So everyone knew here that that, that they were welcome, and you know, they went there with T-shirts that said, "Thank you, President Biden, for letting us in. so yeah. yeah, i' just i'm just
1: I'm, I'm just tired of hearing American policymakers, Republicans and Democrats only talk about, and this is a, a phrase that everybody tells me not to use. I'm going to use it corruption, drugs, and thugs." That's like, Mm -hmm. we know, that's the only thing that people associate in the region when that is the the wrong way. You know, if you spend your whole life with a lemon in your mouth, you're going to be one bitter person and bad thing. That's not the way you're supposed to approach a friend. Guatemala is a friend. We have close relations with Guatemala. We have a lot of good we can do together. We have over 12 billion plus in, in, in trade. It's a huge, it's a great market. A lot of great things we can do. And all we get out of Washington is negative lemons, 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 and they're not—they're not even making lemonade with it. They're just sulking and focusing on the bad <laughs> when we yes. should be focusing on the good and the and the good of the Guatemalan people. And I hope you all can keep changing that and uh, stay engaged and don't get disheartened by uh, some of these battles. Uh, you know, Betty. Before we wrap up, we got about uh, ten more minutes. What's this that you you hinted at about more sanctions against more conservatives? From the United States in Guatemala?
0: Well, against- what we've heard here is that a bunch of businessmen that, that oppose, uh, that are conservative, that, are, that oppose the, oppose the CCIG interference, that oppose uh, uh, these policies that go against our principles and values are going to be sanctioned, basically, uh, with visas and perhaps the Magnitsky. That's what we've heard here. And of course that Washington is going to sanction Attorney General uh, Dr. Consuelo Porras for not obeying the embassy in a nutshell.
1: Tell people again, who uh, share with people again briefly who Dr. Porras is.
0: She's the Attorney General, the, the top boss of our public ministry. And she's the one that fired that criminal, Juan Francisco Sandoval, who by the way, if he didn't have anything to fear, he shouldn't have left Guatemala like he did on the night he was uh, he was deposed inside the uh, diplomatic uh, vehicle of the Swedish embassy. So where he where wrote, is he? Which in the U.S. He's in Washington visiting all high government officials. Well,
1: you know you know what the Guatemalan you know what the Guatemalan people to, uh, should do. Uh, free you know the lawyers in Guatemala free people in Guatemala use your courts use your legal system. Build a case against that person and make sure that the American people, the Congress, the State Department, everybody needs to know, documented, verified with lawyers, what that mm-hmm. person did. So yes. next next time they accuse somebody of of, of, of of engaging in criminal behavior, at least under the legal system of your country, and then people who run over here to hide. We don't want America to be a haven for corrupt people from any country or people okay. who engage.
0: I'm sorry to tell you that Washington is the new Paris. What Paris was in the 20s for the communists, now it's Washington.
1: What do, you, t- t- what do you mean by that?
0: Washington is the new safe haven, the new paradise where all communists from Latin America go hide.
1: Well, you know, even Cuba has a few here. And we're, we're you know, the Global Liberty Alliance has been working with civil society leaders here and in Cuba and in Nicaragua also, um, a little bit in Guatemala where we are collecting information about people who have run uh, from these countries to hide here. And let me tell you, folks, if you're hiding, if you're listening to this and you're hiding in our country, when you signed the visa uh, application, if you lied about gross violation of human rights, if you did things that were criminal and you lied and you hid it and it comes to light, you can lose your visa. And you could be sent back to where you came from. And by the way, in the cases of some citizens, people who become citizens and lied, they can be stripped of their citizenship. So we know they hide here, uh, but organizations such as our own, we, 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 uh, one of the pillars of what we do is uh, make sure that impunity doesn't go uh, unchecked. And uh, we, we will work with you and your team if you need it to build cases against people under your legal system that help document mm-hmm. these things and present them to American policymakers,
0: Thank you. Well, basically, Jason, if if the US, if the State Department, I I pray to God they listen to this very carefully. If they really wanted to end corruption in Guatemala and impunity, the number one thing they should do is go to the root of corruption. Why do we have corruption here? Let's talk about specifically Guatemala. Because we have, our, our government is too big, first of all, we have overlapping rules and regulations that should be changed simplified um, we have the ports for, that are the number one source of corruption money in here and and drug trafficking and whatnot where people where a, a simple official uh from customs decides he has the prerogative to decide if a, if a, if a, a cargo comes in or not Wow. And he has the prerogative to decide what if he wants to charge additional money to the to the company that is bringing in the the the, mer- the merchandise he has the prerogative to open or not open a container. he has the prerogative to decide so you see what i mean the The amount of money circulating at the ports is huge. nobody wants to mess with that
1: let me ask you something so, if we were and, if we were oh, If we were Um, to give advice to the State Department or, and by the way, um, the State Department, AID, there's a lot of good people there. And a lot lot of times uh, they get a bum rap, even from folks like me. Uh, I know there's, there's, but that's just government generally. I I tend to be a big skeptic about government, not any particular agency. I think if government has to come to the rescue, we are in trouble, my friends. And what Betty's chatting about, you know, one of the best tools for combating corruption is, Contract, property rights, disclosure, sunshine, things that the private sector can deal with uh, without the government telling them how to do it. Uh, but that's, again, we're working toward that. What can we do today? If you were to give advice to American policymakers or anybody listening to this, what does Guatemala need more than anything else beyond limosnas, politica? You know, what, what's what's out there that can be done to advance free enterprise, rule of law, fundamental rights? In your country,
0: well, the first thing that should be done is to help us become more efficient as a government. To help us with uh, with uh, technology. Uh, again, I give you the example of the ports because it's the biggest source of corruption. You say making port. it making
1: it smaller? You mean, right?
0: Making it efficient. Like you right. see the port Port Everglades. It takes three hours for a container to go through. Here, it takes three weeks if you get lucky.
1: You know, I've had people, American.
0: And you have to to, to bribe, bribe the government official to let you get your merchandise on time.
1: I've had clients uh, when I was in private practice doing that sort of thing that would call with problems like this. And Betty's right. Imagine shipping something, you know, you're importing product that you want to sell in Guatemala and you can move things through the system in hours uh, versus weeks. Well, you know, the longer that stuff sits on port, you know, that's transaction cost. It just uh, th- bad things can happen. And a lot of times, I've had people call me and say, "Hey, th- they just want me to pay a bribe." And a lot of, you know, most people won- will not pay bribes. They refuse to do it. Um, well,
0: here you do, here for decades. If you didn't, there would be no economy. Guatemala would be worse than Congo, or worse than Haiti, or worse than uh, than what Mogadishu used to be like.
1: Wow. So, so in addition to helping uh, becoming partners with you and helping make government more efficient and making it smaller, what, what else? You know, what what should what else should we be doing, or what should we not be doing to help our friends in Guatemala right now?
0: Well, they should stop supporting people like Helen Mack that are only interested in getting into power. And she knows that the left will never get into power in Guatemala. We're not Peru. Hmm in any shape or form and the proof was this week if indigenous communities were truly against the president there would have been a massive demonstration against the president and against uh, Dr. Consuelo Porras and what happened? a handful a handful of people handful I, when i say i think i think it's, I think it's the other way
1: I, I agree and i think it's the other way around isn't it i think the indigenous community support
0: They want want, the public ministry to to function, and yes, there is a a little, little, there is still a problem that needs to be worked with them, and it's that the fact that they have their, uh, what they call their ancestral uh, laws, um, you know, like flagellating people and putting someone, uh, burning people alive and things like that, um, that some communities still want to put in, in practice. And they say that's what should be put into practice, Um, whereas uh, recognizing that our laws, which are better because they're not cruel, if you rape someone or you committed a crime, there's a a penalty for it. You go to jail and you pay for it. Mm. And, And we want equality under the law. We want equality, Jason. We fought for decades in the Western Hemisphere, the Western world, all the Judeo-Christian countries for equality under the law. And now comes USAID and says to the, to the indigenous communities that they should have their own law, and they should, that they should not recognize um, the authority of our Constitution, and that they should not recognize the authorities of our courts.
1: You know, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with that program, but that would be the equivalent of um, Guatemala's. Let's say if the the roles were reversed and Mm -hmm. Guatemala were sending aid over here, uh, they would reach out to our tribal nations and say, hey, ignore the federal government, ignore the United States of America and use your own legal system and don't do anything with the United States. Is that kind of how it feels like? Yes.
0: Yes, that's exactly how it feels like. That's exactly it. And then they, they also come and tell them, and not only Americans, also the the European Union, especially Germany and and Sweden. They come and tell the indigenous communities that they need to claim their ancestral rights on the country.
1: So so that this sa- so, so like... this sounds like critical race theory international style.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I wonder if Hengi's can uh, descendants should not do the same in Europe. Or oh, you know you,
1: you know the interesting thing is that. The people of Guatemala have worked alongside and continue to improve relations and have good relations with indigenous peoples. And if anybody knows their history and would take time to read about it, Mm -hmm. uh, most indigenous communities uh, in Guatemala have no problem with the Guatemalan government. They're proud Guatemalans, and it's only a fringe element within those communities that are used by not even Guatemalans, these are people who abuse, I believe they abuse these people. Uh, They lie to them, they create confusion, they create division, Yes. uh, just because they want to remake the world according to them. And I think that's, uh, it's really, really hard. It's another form of usurping, undermining Guatemalan institutions and sovereignty. The people of Guatemala will work this out on their own. First of all, there's no major problem. And secondly, uh, why are we in there creating problems? Is, is, I guess, what you're saying?
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And also, seriously, I mean, why not bring technology to help our ports? And that's what President Amate asked Vice President Kamala Harris to do. What did she say? Uh, I don't know what she said. We never heard what she said, and we haven't seen anything regarding that.
1: Well we're, well, we're going to stay on it. Uh, we're going to have another podcast soon with you, Betty. We're running out of time. And um, I could keep talking to you for about two more hours uh, because <laughs> I, not, not only do I learn from you, but it's uh, a lot of topics that we, we enjoy chatting about here, but we yeah. don't do it as much as we should. But Betty, mm-hmm. thank you so much uh, for uh, spending time with us today. If you have any closing thoughts, what's, yes. your me- well, what, what, what's your message to the Congress, the State Department and the Biden administration?
0: Well, trying to sanction Guatemala by uh, affecting u s companies that import sugar bananas or palm oil or whatever important product we uh, export to the u s is not going to help you gain uh, support in Guatemala. Furthermore, I doubt American companies will want to uh, break their contracts, which would inquire, which would uh, incur into a tremendous amount of money, millions of dollars, that they would have to pay to their suppliers in Guatemala. So bad policy, bad idea, if that's included among the sanctions that are coming up. Um, And I would like to uh, ask them, seriously, if you want to help us fight corruption, help us become efficient. We need to be more efficient. We need to clean how the government operates so that no corruption continues, so that people, bureaucrats have no margin for incurring in corruption. We need better paid police. We need better paid military so that they don't, they don't see the need to, to, to get into any form of crime, or criminal activity. Simple as that, you know? Well, well, and um, if I may, just one last thing, Jason, you could, you could say in my group, I don't have a group. You see, we're all business people. We all work for a living. I make, I make furniture. That's what I live on, but we're passionate about our country and we're passionate about our freedom and we see the Cuban people and our thoughts and prayers go to all of them fighting for their freedom. we don't want to get to that point, so we're fighting to preserve our freedom, to preserve our democracy, and we want to regain a rule of law, then we will have foreign investment, and then we will have in- internal investment, and that's the only way to really end. Illegal migration.
1: And 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 Betty, that's a, a high note to end this on because through business, through free enterprise, through deregulation, lower taxes, creating markets, creating jobs like you do and you continue to do and have always done, that's how you lift nations. You live nations, lift nations through hard work. And if companies, American companies doing business in Guatemala, Uh, are also powerful advocates for freedom powerful advocates for contract powerful advocates for what's good about america and i hope they listen to you that they speak up about indiscriminate use of sanctions if that's what's going on because ultimately when you hurt an american company that way and you force them to make choices uh, like that you're only hurting american workers american businesses american american stock prices american that's all good capitalism is very good and uh, it helps and has lifted more people out of poverty than communism and socialism ever will because it's an evil ideology, it's a bad ideology and it only creates, brings out the worst in people. And I, you know, Betty, thank you so much for what you do, uh, for what your companies and your, and, your, and your friends down there are working on. And if we can ever be of assistance, you know, you have an open mic here. Um, and and, and uh, we welcome you back when, uh, whenever you're ready.
0: Thank you, Jason. Thank you so very much. And- We also pray for the U.S. to remain the beacon of freedom and and rule of law that we've always admired.
1: It will, Betty, it will. So, God bless you all. Have a great weekend, and we will get back with you soon.
0: Thank you. Likewise.
1: Hello, fellow Liberty Warriors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, It is the easiest way uh, to make a podcast. It's free, uh, for starters. There's also an awesome creation tool. If you don't want to hire a producer right away, you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone, right from your computer, anywhere you are, at any time. It's uh, distributed for you, so that's really important. Once you record this, you need to get it to the right platform. They will do that for you, including on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast. It's all in one place. It's very easy to use. So give Anchor a try. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm to get started.